Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! All right, welcome in. Three Dudes with a View, Monday edition. It's a beautiful Monday going up to 80 degrees today. Spring is here, and I'm afraid a little bit too soon because uh, we've got trees and other plants budding, and if we have a hard freeze now, we're going to have some real damage, and it's likely we will have a hard freeze before the end of this month um, if, if the weather holds up the way it has in previous years. So I just hope we don't have that hard freeze, but... If we do, we do. In the meantime, enjoy all the green and the flowers and the budding that's going on now. All right, folks, I am dude number three, Delk Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, how you doing? I'm doing well, Delk. Good morning, everybody. All right, Mr. Jim York uh, cannot join us this morning. He's got a meeting. We'll miss him. Look forward to having him back tomorrow. Uh you know, some of the things that happened over the weekend, we've got a couple of guests that I want to introduce here in a minute. But uh, uh, first of all, you know, uh, Trump uh, spoke to CPAC Saturday night. Uh, Clayton, you saw it. I saw it. I did. Uh, he did a very good job. Uh, if that Donald Trump shows up uh, most of the time, uh, uh, he, he, he may win. Yeah. In a crowded field, he's going to win. There's just no doubt about it. Well, I mean, if that Trump shows up, he may win the whole thing. Um, Some say he did last time. Well, true enough. (laughs) Like he said, he had 76 million votes, which is more than any president in history. Yeah, the numbers just don't add up at all uh, when you look at that. But but it's over now. Meanwhile, though, uh, the... Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is tweeting out as to how you know terrible Tennessee is and what an awful place it is. But meanwhile, Governor Bill Lee tweets, tweets out that U-Haul has literally run out of trucks leaving California. You can't rent a U-Haul truck to leave California, folks. And they're coming here, and and we rank um, in the top two or three on U-Haul's growth index. What really gets me, though, is that the responses to this tweet from Lee about U-Hauls, being out of U-Hauls in California to move to Tennessee and elsewhere, are all these, apparently Tennesseans, just mean, hateful, you know, underwear in the basement kind of people, you know, saying these terrible things about Lee and Tennessee. And we do have Representative Scott Sapecki here this morning. You know, Scott, uh, back in the 1920s, Mississippi bought anybody who wanted one a one-way ticket to uh, Detroit. Uh you know the state's got a good surplus. Could could we provide a free U-Haul to anybody in Tennessee who wants to move to California? Well, I think we can as long as we have some screeners in place before the <laughs> the U-Haul gets out there to them. Um, you're right, Delk. I mean, we have become a destination state now, not a destination city, but a destination state. Uh, the the low tax rate, the the quality of life, 
the people here in Tennessee that, that people are attracted to. Just go down to First uh, First Fridays on the Square or down to the Square in Mount Pleasant. Uh, the the friendliness of Tennesseans, and I think more people are are starting to recognize that, and they want to take part of it. And we are halfway from everywhere, yep. so um, you know we have great hospitals, uh, job opportunities are uh, abounding. Uh, my wife and I were up in Nashville uh, walking around, and it just amazes me how young everybody is up in Nashville. And I'm trying to figure out what they do for a living to afford three thousand dollars a month rent for a one bedroom condo. Yeah, I, uh, I know what you're I, talking I, about. I've seen it. I'd like to have that job. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, it's it's incredible the growth going on right now. We've got the new stadium. Pause. The new stadium being built in Nashville, uh, and now Memphis is asking for three hundred and ninety-three million dollars for the renovation to the Liberty Bowl to build themselves a new soccer stadium and also make a, a, a adjustments or upgrades to FedEx Forum. Why, why not put the soccer stadium in the Liberty Bowl? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Yeah. But uh, three hundred ninety-seven million, and this all started last year with the half a billion dollars for the Titans. So why not step up to the plate and see what you can get? And uh, it's going to continue on. Uh, We know that the uh, Predators are looking for uh, upgrades to their facility. We know that the baseball stadium is looking to expand to attract a major league franchise. We know that Chattanooga has issues. Knoxville has issues with theirs. uh, uh, Stadiums and facilities that they want upgrades to. So, you know, that's where I I don't favor that. I think it's wrong to be giving that kind of corporate welfare. But uh, I'm one vote out of 99, and if 50 people think it's a good idea, it's going to pass. There you go. All right. And why Gavin Newsom, you know, just taking time out of his busy schedule to try to diss Tennessee, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to discourage people in California from moving here. Uh, I know that's a big problem for them. And they, they're not about to uh, do the things that Tennessee's done to make uh, California attractive like Tennessee. Just not going to happen. But I'll tell you this. If you are looking for a part-time job, U-Haul is hiring people that drive the trucks back to California and then flying you back home so you can grab another truck and drive it back to California because there's a waiting list in California to get a U-Haul. There's not one here in Tennessee to leave. Wow. Just think about all the money they're losing every time somebody leaves California, especially as highly taxed as they are out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's trying to stop the bleeding is what he's trying to do, and it's not it's not going to work. Didn't, uh, didn't no. tru- Don't truckers usually try to avoid deadheading? Coach Mike Lyle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now they're paying you to deadhead. Paying you to deadhead. <laughs> there you go. Uh, whatever. But, I mean, Clayton, you're right. The thing we're concerned about, or not concerned about, we're curious about, is as they continue to lose population, what about their representative in it's, the House? It should change. I mean, they should start to lose representation mm-hmm. there in the House of Representatives, which now makes California less and less attractive for people to, to to visit so much, where other influences like Tennessee, like Georgia, like Florida continue to grow, or Georgia, Texas continue to grow, which means uh, we're probably on the verge of getting another congressman up in uh, up in. Uh, in Washington soon. You, you yeah. know what's, what's that's funny? That's not going to happen until 2030, the next uh, census. But yeah, go ahead, Clayton. No, I was going to say, you know, a funny stat that I always hear, uh, <clears throat> particularly on, I think it's maybe Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton in the afternoons, but they talk about it all the time. You know, Trump won Texas in 2020, but he got more votes out of California than he did evolve Texas. So, I mean, that just goes to show you. I mean, that's such a highly populated state. Uh, and you know, there's a lot. Of, a lot of them are leaving, and, and you're right. Um, 
it's just it's just wild because every person we talk to from California uh, that's from California that's here now, they're here for the reasons that we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are, and and that fine corporate citizen Disney. Uh, was running ads on the television this weekend. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. Actually, you know, there's a Disney sort of animated thing that was sort of upbeat or whatever. We can do it, something. But to, I mean, this is present day advertising. This isn't from two years ago. <laughs> to wear a mask and stay six feet apart. <laughs> and, what? Yeah, right. They're doing that again? Yes, they are. Yeah. And this is Disney, you know, brought to you by, you know, Disney. Clayton, I you just recently took your children down to Disney World in the in the bus. Yeah, yeah. You, you ever going back again? No, it was a year ago, and um, no, I mean, it's just no. I wouldn't have gone last year if uh, if Tiffany didn't want to go. To be honest with you, well, is but, Tiffany ever going to go back again? N- not that I'm aware of. So no, no. there is no plans for the Harris's to go back to uh, Florida or oh. to Disney World anytime soon. We'll go to Florida and visit, go to the beach and stuff, but I'm. It's just too expensive. It's honestly too expensive, and they're too woke. I mean, they've they, they've changed the name of Splash Mountain now. Um, it's just crazy. No, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, the, the thing that's interesting is if California was run like Tennessee, yeah. what kind of state California it's a beautiful would be? State. What kind of yeah. what kind of it, it, it could be yeah. like it was when Ronald Reagan was governor? That's there. correct. Yeah, I mean the the, the potential of California that they yeah. are throwing away. Um, I mean, think of the shoreline they have. Think of, you know, you got San Diego, you got San Francisco, Los Angeles. I mean, you've got major metropolitan cities that, if they ran them like we run Tennessee, that it would be a paradise to live in. You know, I mean, could you imagine California having low taxes, no state income tax, business friendly, right? I mean, it, it could be the place that people would, well, you know what? We might have people leaving Tennessee yeah. to go to California. Yeah, we might. But, you know, what I want to do is, I mean, the Russians sold us Alaska. Why can't we sell California to the Chinese for the national debt? I don't know if they want it. <laughs> you got to have a buyer first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got another guest, and that's going to segue into the score. Scott's going to, we're, we're in full session up on the Capitol Hill in Nashville. I mean, they are right in the middle of it, and it will end in not too long another month or so mm-hmm. and uh so you know and then the legislature will reconvene next spring so it's all happening right now and if you're interested in something that may or may not happen or come before the legislature what bills whatnot uh now's the time to uh be alert and contact your representatives because this it's happening right now folks and along with that though one of the things that has been a big concern to the legislature this spring has been the, uh, the Department of Children's Services and the lack of foster placements for children who have been placed in the care of Department of Children's Services by, by the courts. You know, sometimes the children themselves may be engaged in criminal activity, that kind of thing, or it may be that their home situation is unsuitable. The parents are in jail, drug addicted whatever but whatever reason the child has to be placed in foster care by the juvenile court so we also have with us this morning Callista Barberi she's with Youth Villages which mm-hmm. they do foster care and hopefully they're going to be a part of the solution to the lack of foster placements Callista how are you this morning I'm doing all right how are you this morning Delk all right uh and I guess, of course, Scott, did, the le- has the legislation already passed that big increase for Department of Children's Services? Yes, that's correct, yes. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, raised the starting salary over there, and um, 
gave them additional resources, hopefully so we don't have this situation of children sleeping in the halls anymore, that kind of thing. Calista, give us Youth Village's perspective on this. Youth Village's contracts with the Department of Children's Services, and we add an extra layer of support for the foster parents. We do therapeutic foster care, so we have those kids that need an extra level of supervision, that have maybe experienced um, an extra level of trauma in their life, and we do extra training for our foster parents so that they feel prepared to take care of our kids that need that extra level of support but we also are in the home we have our foster care counselors who are in the home with the child and the family once a week and so it's an extra level of support our staff is on call 24 7 so we are there for our families who are helping these kids who have gone through trauma in their life and so that they have somebody that they can call you know at two o'clock in the morning when they have a child who may be struggling with really big emotions they can call our staff to help them work through that um, so they never feel like they're left alone. So that's how we are part of the solution is by saying, look, we think our foster parents need even more support and we're going to offer that to them. So by being a contracting agency for Department of Children's Services, uh, Youth Villages essentially leverages uh, their ability to get the job done. Yes. Is that fair to say? Yes, and they're very good at it. I love bragging on our foster care team because they really have a heart for the kids in foster care and you can tell with every single one of their visits, I've gotten to go along with some of them, that they absolutely have a heart for the kids and their families and they really want to see these kids succeed in this environment. There we go. All right, let's take a break, come back, talk a little bit more about Youth Villages and then we'll get on to Representative Sapecki on what's going on on the Hill this week and beyond. Motor Sales in Columbia has a large assortment of quality new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs, a trusted sales staff, and financing plans that fit any budget. Visit Parks once and you'll quickly discover why people all over Middle Tennessee have been buying vehicles there for more than 60 years. And factory-certified technicians can service and repair your vehicle as long as you own it. Go to ParksMotorSales.com or stop by the lot at 919 Nashville Highway and take a test drive today. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now, you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. be bumping. My name is Del Kennedy. I'm dude number th- three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York's got a meeting. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We miss him. Look forward to having him back. Um, we also have with us this morning uh, Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, everybody. And Calista Barberry of Youth Villages. And Youth Villages, this, you know, the, the legislature has addressed, you know, a, a, a critical problem at the Department of Children's Services uh, because they had such high turnover. They just simply weren't able to handle the 
number of uh, children, that mean people under 18, who are being put in their custody by the various juvenile courts across the state. Uh, Youth Villages, uh, as a private nonprofit entity, is able to assist under contract to the Department of Children's Services by providing foster care for children placed with the Department of Children's Services by the juvenile courts. And it's a big job, Callista, and I think uh, your biggest challenge always is these people who are foster parents volunteer to be foster parents. Isn't that the way it works? Yes. Um, there is a training process and there is a stipend reimbursement for having a child in the home. Um, I saw one time a post saying that it was a job and I always tell people you should treat it like a job because you are trauma professionals by the time we are done training you. Um, but don't expect for the stipend reimbursement to count as income because this is reimbursement for caring for the child. Um, but we absolutely treat you as a professional in the home who are caring caring for these kids who are uh, who are needing somebody. They need a family. They need somebody to be there to love them when they may not have experienced that from the environment that they came from. And I think it stands to reason that being a foster parent is a, is a daunting task. If somebody is interested in being a foster parent, anybody, what, anybody above 25 and over can be a foster parent, right? Yes. To foster with the state of Tennessee, you can be um, 18 or 21, um, depending on whether it's a family situation or not. To foster with youth villages, because we are a therapeutic agency, um, you do need to be at least 25. 25, but you, you can be single, you can be married, you can be same-sex couple. It, it all it all works uh, Absolutely. If, if you go through certain training and qualifications. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... They contact you and say, hey, we or I want to be a foster parent. What happens next? Um, We talk a little bit about expectations and what that process is like. I always like to start with a phone call because we can kind of talk about what that process is like. And then we sign you up for an information class. We have all of our classes are still virtual. Um, You get to call in from the comfort of your home through Microsoft Teams. And that is an overview. I always tell people I will answer all the questions that they have um, over a phone call. But this is a two-hour deep dive into what it is like to be a foster parent, all of the expectations for how to be a foster parent, what the process is going to be like. You are going to leave this information call knowing what you're getting yourself into, and um, it's a great time to ask all of the questions that you might have about being a foster parent. We usually have those on Saturday mornings and on Tuesday evenings, um, but sometimes we'll toss in another day if people need another day that's more convenient to their work schedule. And then if it sounds right, they want to be a foster foster parent there's a training program correct yes it's usually between two and three months depending on whether they take our evening classes or our saturday classes um, and then we do an in-home study where we make sure that your home is safe for our kids we do background checks to make sure that there's no sort of charge that would make you ineligible to be a foster parent and then we write the home study um, and send it out to our placement team we do an actual review with our foster parents with what kinds of kids they're comfortable with and what kinds they're not And then we challenge them to take kids that they may think that they're uncomfortable with because sometimes those kids are the ones that need the most love and care. But we are very clear on what you are unwilling to accept. We have a whole list of behaviors that you may not be comfortable with. And we send that to our placement team because we don't want to re-traumatize our kids or our families. And we want to keep the kid in the home, in one home, from the time that they're in custody until they get to go back home or until they're adopted. So we work really hard. We have a great placement team to make 
sure that each child is a good fit with each of our foster families. And, you know, sometimes I don't think people should get into foster care thinking that it's going to lead to adoption, but sometimes the problem just can't be solved. Mm -hmm. Uh, The parents are on drugs, in jail, whatever, and the court ultimately decides to put the children or child up for adoption, and and so that may happen with one of your foster parents, right? Yes. Okay. And, and, And occasionally does. Now, once, once a foster child is placed in your home, Youth Villages doesn't go, well, lots of luck, <laughs> We don't just ya. drop them off on the, your yeah, front porch yeah. and say, bye, good luck. <laughs> you, you're done with your training. We Actually, one of my favorite things is that you get ongoing training after you are done with our classes. It's way less intense than the initial training process, but we have continuing education classes, and all of our foster care counselors will also continue to help you learn more therapeutic interventions while they're in the home with you. So they're not just there for the child, although they are great supports for our children. They're also there for the whole family, and they can come in and say, hey, Uh, This intervention that we tried before, maybe it's not working with this child because of their behaviors, because of their diagnosis. Maybe it's not working. Here is um, this wealth of knowledge that they've been professionally trained in. Let's try some of these other therapeutic interventions um, and see if that works, because we are professionals specifically in trauma-informed care, and we want to make sure that each of our families also has access to that wealth of knowledge that we've built up with Youth Villages. And and you've got help available to foster parents 24-7, right? Absolutely. We have an on-call number at night, and you can access our staff anytime during regular business hours. All right, Calista, if people are interested in becoming a foster parent or want to support Youth Villages, um, where do they go? Absolutely. The best place to go is our website, youthvillages.org slash foster. There's contact information there. There's ways to sign up for more information through um, a form, and we get that in an email. Um, there's frequently asked questions if you want to get answers, um, and our phone numbers are on there, so you can always reach out to us, and um, we are happy to take phone calls and answer any questions. There we go, folks. Youth Villages, um, uh, part of the solution to a uh, uh, problem we have here in Tennessee, a great problem, and uh, an enormous problem, I guess is the right word. And um, uh, Youth Villages and the state legislature have been working on a uh, a solution, and um, I think it looks very promising. Absolutely. Scott, yeah. Scott Specky, what else is going on on Capitol Hill? This, this, I mean, you're in the middle Not much. Not much. Yeah, right. Not much. <laughs> um, the Duck River, uh, Scenic River Bill, that'll be in the full Agricultural Committee uh, this week, Wednesday, 9 a.m. in House Hearing Room 3. Um, I would encourage everybody who is in support of making sure you have clean drinking water to reach out to those representatives on that committee. Be nice and just explain that this is very important to maintain the, the water source for southern middle Tennessee and also make sure that we have we maintain the most biodiverse river in the nation. And what people mostly don't realize is the section of the Duck River that runs through Murray County actually is the most biodiverse part of the whole river itself. So it is it is the most in the world right here in good old Murray County. And that's passing past a couple of chemical plants, too. Yes, yes. And so it's been very interesting, and it's taken a while 
for the uh, Duck River to recover from from that major industry that sat on it a while back. But uh, it is an is in pristine shape right now. We aim to maintain that as a water recreational resource for everybody in Southern Middle Tennessee, and for that matter, uh, all of Tennessee in the country. Yeah, this is uh, this is a good thing, folks. I mean, if this uh, maintain our clean water supply and maintain the beauty of the Duck River, uh, which is a unique resource. Uh, the uh, House and the Senate have, I think, reached an accord on the retention bill, the third grade retention bill. There will be a change, a slight change, uh, coming up here. It'll be in committee on Tuesday. Uh, I've been selected to carry that bill, so I'll be presenting that bill uh, in, this, in the subcommittee on Tuesday in the K-12 subcommittee on uh, some of the changes that we're going to make to the retention bill to try to address some of the uh, issues associated with it that, that some have brought up. Uh, Governor Lee and Commissioner Schwinn and others don't want to make any changes, but we've kind of pointed out a couple things that need to be fixed, so that's going to happen uh, this week, Tuesday. What what kind of changes are we talking about, Scott? Um, I can't tell you that right now because the amendment has not been filed yet. Okay. All right. Uh, but I, I do have the amendment, but I just... I. Until the amendments file, I normally don't talk about uh, the legislation. Okay. Uh, the retention, uh, I take care of that. The uh, uh, Taxpayer Protection Act bill is is floundering right now. Uh, the builders and realtors have presented a huge opposition to it. A couple of the uh, of the committee members that this has to go through, um, uh, how can I say this, receive a lot of money from the builders and realtors. And so uh, we're trying to overcome that. Uh, I know that there is another bill out there that I'm pretty sure is going to pass. It, it kind of helps a little bit. What it does is it erases all of the uh, urban growth boundaries of all of our cities and says going forward that if any city wants to annex, they have to get the permission of the county to be able to annex, which will start slowing down growth immensely. I would, and, and that's, folks, That's this is all about, you know, you could call it impact fees or you can call it growth pay, paying for growth. Uh, and in Murray County, that's a problem because uh, the uh, existing taxpayers, property taxpayers, uh, are going to have to pay for the schools, the bridges, the roads, the whatever that are needed to come with growth. And it seems more fair to everyone except perhaps the Tennessee State Legislature. Which is why they ought to get sued if they don't let this go through. Yeah, I would that, sue their pants off. Like growth should pay for growth. Uh but uh, that's the situation we're in, and if we, as Scott says, maybe we can get something done this year, or maybe not. Maybe we can get a little something done this year, maybe not. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue to push. Uh, we are reaching out to the builders and the realtors. Um, I, for the lack of – I can't figure out why the realtors have a dog in this hunt. I just can't figure it out. The builders, I understand, they got to pay for it up front, but they're going to get it back in the sale of the house anyway. I, I don't see the rub there at all. Um and people realize that when you're going to build, buy in a new subdivision, if there's an impact fee on that on that home, it's usually to pay for the fire, and the police, and the, and the schools, schools yeah. and and the infrastructure to make sure that your property is worth what you pay for well, going forward. You would think the realtors would want it to pass that way. There's the, the cost of the homes probably a little bit more, which gives them more money and commit. I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here, but I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what they're. Well, the fight is. you know the average impact fee is going to be about probably I don't know ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, but, but here's much. what's funny is you take that ten to fifteen thousand dollars on a thirty year note, you're probably talking fifteen bucks a month, right? But then you have all of your infrastructure, your police, your fire, your water, your sewer. You have schools to be able for, for your kids. I, I just 
I'm scratching my head on this one, but we're going to continue to work on this one. We've got about uh, two weeks left. We have rolled this to the last final calendar, so we're hoping that we can get a compromise. We're working hard to try to find some type of compromise that we can get a win with that. And then uh, also William Lambert's bill about uh, the counties being able to say no to growth. Um, I think will be a huge tool in, in their in their toolbox. Also, um, we talked about DCS already. Uh, DCS has now Department of Children's Services has said that the only children in the state of Tennessee that are still continuing to sleep in offices when needed is in Memphis and Memphis only. We've solved this problem throughout the state. We partner more with foster care uh, facilities and, and third parties to make sure that these kids are getting in a nice, warm bed in a loving environment as quickly as possible. So that's been a real plus. Um, Mike, I've got a couple more. You want to take a break and come back to it? Yeah. I've, okay. How, how long are they? Uh, you got a short one? No. All right. Let's go. Let's take a break and come back. <laughs> This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Ram owners know tough, and they know what they want. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us to have a huge inventory. Call or stop by to talk to one of our Jeep or Ram product specialists, and we will help you build your dream ride. You can count on us. Choose a 1500, 2500, or 3500. Pick the power, options, even the color you want. Buy online and save time with our online shopping tool. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hi, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Here is what some of our customers are saying about us. Great people. The place to shop for fair prices and great craftsmanship. Beautiful vintage and custom jewelry. Thank you, Beth. That is our goal. Stop by and see for yourself. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, this is Dr. Wendy Tui from the Dr. Gill Center. Are you suffering from knee pain despite trying usual medications and injections? If this is you, I have great news. Most common causes of knee pain are degeneration due to aging, injury, or repeated stress. In our office, we offer decompression for the knee, which increases range of motion and decreases pain in arthritic and degenerative knees. Studies have shown that this type of mechanical traction can be more effective than conventional methods alone. Initial exam and x-rays, $39. Call me painfree.com or 615-551-9224. 
Vintage doesn't always mean long-lasting. As your home systems age, your repair costs, utility bills, and breakdowns rise. During Hiller's Vintage Showdown, we're giving away a free new system to the owner of the oldest HVAC unit. Submit a picture of your old equipment online to see if you qualify as the winner. Everybody wins with trade-in credits plus 0% financing for up to 48 months with approved credit on select new HVAC systems. Enter to win now at happyhiller.com. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 for a journey through time. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Welly, and I've got our very favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And as always, uh, you have some great, great specials for us. So uh, what do you got this week coming up right now? All righty. Well, this week we have fresh ground beef, two seventy nine a pound, whole ribeyes, four ninety nine a pound, strawberries, two for four, Bego soft drink, two liters, four for five, and Dasani water for five ninety nine. But we also have a special going on right now while supplies last beef tenderloins $9.99 a pound for a whole tender and $10.99 a pound for the fillet wow well, what a great deal that is uh, people need to come in and get that and as you said that's while supplies last so people need to hurry over and again as always you guys are seven days a week 7 a.m to 9 p.m right there in west 7th street so uh, you have a great day and a great week and again thank you and thank all the great people that work there and uh, we'll talk to you next week okay all righty thank you All right, we're back. Three dudes with a view. I'm dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York, has had a meeting this morning. We miss him and look forward to having him back tomorrow. Uh, Calista Barberry with Youth Villages is still sitting in with us. Hello, Calista. Good morning. And Representative Scott Specky is giving us an update on what's going on in the state legislature and there's a lot so scott take it away man so uh we finished up with the uh talking about the taxpayer uh, protection act uh something that's very good that's going to help out the cities here is uh, house bill 1187 by uh, representative garrett and what it does is under phil bredesen's tenure when the the state was in big financial problem they reduced the amount of money of sales tax that was going to the cities to help the state balance their budget there's a, there is a, a bill right now, 1187, that I'll be signing on to today. What it does is it returns that number back to what it used to be. So this will be more sales tax revenue. That is generated mostly by the municipalities. Some More of that sales tax revenue will be flowing back into the city. So Mount Pleasant, Columbia, and Spring Hill will get a boost uh, from, from sales tax revenue c- coming up in the next year. So it'll help them out. Okay. Any idea of how much we're talking I do not know. I heard the word millions mentioned, plural. That's always a good sign. It's always a good sign. And it's because who we are in Tennessee and people spending money. Um, So also shifting, the Transportation Act is moving through committee. It'll probably be on the House floor this week. 
Uh, what that does is allows the governor to uh, convene a committee to look at the uh, choice lanes on, on how that's going to look and how that's going to happen, any other types of, of uh, solutions to our traffic woes. Uh, this committee will be able to reach out into other states and what they do and try to talk to them on how they've solved a lot of their transportation issues. Don't go to Atlanta. I, I, I just don't think, I don't think it's solvable. I really don't. Because don't if you look at Atlanta, they just keep getting wider and wider and wider, and it's still two hours. It's ridiculous. So I think it's – but here's what I can tell everybody. Every road that you drive on right now that is no charge to you will stay no charge. Okay? If there's any any additional fees on driving, it'll be truly for you to choose if you want to drive on an alternate way. Yeah. And and they've they've built these things in Atlanta. uh, And, you know, I've not seen or heard of any relief that they brought – it's just obvious that you cannot build your way out of this congestion problem. Something's got to be done outside the box. How you, the if, you, one, if you build twenty lanes, they'll be they'll be clogged up, uh, bumper to bumper. Well, the thing we're looking at is what some of like like Missouri did in St. Louis. Instead of building four lanes in and four lanes out, what they did was they made the middle two lanes being able to flip during the morning and flip during the afternoon. So in the morning, you would have, instead of four and four, you would have six, six and two. So you got six going in, two coming out. And then in the evening, it would be six coming out, two going in. As traffic is, you know, people trying, trying to get out. And they found that, that that does work. And it's a lot cheaper than building additional lanes out. You can just have those little gates that flip back and forth. Right. Um, so that's that's one of the things they're looking at. They're also looking at um, not high speed transportation, but I guess like uh, like a like a monorail, like a monorail yeah. type system, like you have in Disney World, where down the center of the highway, or maybe on, on the shoulders, where you have an elevated monorail that can that can move people around, uh, not high speed, but fast enough to make a difference. Yeah. Uh, and so that's something they're also considering too. So Disney Disney was ahead of their times. Well, in that solution isn't something that maybe is permanent like adding more roads like if it didn't work you could always tear it down correct correct uh so one thing we is we talked about the retention bill and we've done a lot in 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 reading over the last four years since i've been up there uh the learning loss retention bill the literacy act the things we've done to help improve and help kids learn how to read training teachers how to do phonics going back to phonics etc etc and we've kind of reached a point right now where we're probably going to have to sit pat for a little bit to let things start to work right and see what what is working what isn't working and so what you're probably going to hear and what you're probably going to see is from myself and others we're going to start shifting the conversation now to mathematics we've got to fix our mathematics and so over this summer we've talked to uh we talked with with the speaker and some other members that we're going to probably convene a committee to start looking at next legislative session the major pieces of we're going to start to improve mathematics in tennessee um going back to foundational basics uh repetitive work in early grade levels and trying to lay out a framework for the school systems that they can start to follow so we get everybody on the same page of going back to the fundamentals and basics of mathematics So I I turned that around. Yeah, what happened to the uh, discussion about uh, sort of moving the retention perhaps back to the kindergarten or put another way Mm -hmm. to not have children start first grade until they're ready? So uh, we've had conversations on the bill. That's a bill I've been carrying. And uh, looking at the experts that have come in to testify, uh, uh, listening to the experts that have come in to testify and talking with teachers, they feel that that bill would be better served in first grade. 
And so what we're going to shift it from is instead of being retained in kindergarten, because they said there's, there is learning that goes on in, in kindergarten, but it's not the structured content of like a first grade where kids are into a normal school day and they thought it'd be better off is wait to let them move out of kindergarten. But in first grade, if they do not pass a local assessment in first grade showing that they've mastered what they're supposed to, to hold those kids an extra year in first grade to give them the extra help they need because we have summer school when we do have tutoring available and they thought it would be better for the kids to have it in first grade that would be able to cognitively and emotionally handle those rigors of education and then put a kicker in there that says like we did in the other bill if they turn eight years old before august 15th then they have to be promoted to second grade because they're going to age out at the back end and so all we're going to do is we're going to bump that one one grade level up. That's been from uh, experts that we've looked at around the country. There are states that are doing this, what we've talked about. Uh, they did try in kindergarten, but found out they had better success with these kids if, if they did it in first grade. So we're going to adjust that bill there. That bill will be run in two weeks, and hopefully that'll pass and get going. And then the other bill I'm running on, making the standards uh, be broken into foundational basics and advanced, uh, will be running in two weeks also to try to give us a better footing and our kids and our teachers to, to be focusing more on the foundational basics instead of getting into all the nuances of advanced of advanced uh, uh, topics Let's make sure our kids can understand the f- fundamentals and basics moving forward. Okay. Uh, we'll also be convening a committee this this summer to work on the process, and and it's going to be a very complex process to start to withdraw ourselves from the Federal Department of Education. Uh, that is gaining m- more and more momentum. Simply take no more money and no more strings. No more strings, no more money. We are able to have the flexibility and the autonomy to make the decisions for our kids in our schools, especially in Tennessee, um, that may not align with what the Federal Department of Education is pushing down our throats. Uh, and and focus more on the things that we need our kids to learn instead of more of the social issues that get pushed down into our classrooms year after year after year. Um, we'll be convening a committee to work on that and have a recommendation for the House uh, and the Senate next year and start the process of sending a letter to the Federal Department of Education stating our intention is to stop taking their money and we'll have a plan rolled out probably over two or three years because uh, it has to be seamless. It can't be. It can't adversely affect the districts in education, so it'll be a step-by-step process that will take a, a deliberate role that probably within two to three years we will divest ourselves from the, from the federal money. Sounds like a plan to me. And I think that's about it right now. Uh, wow, um, it's 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 a busy week. Um, I've got another big. I've got two big bills I was given to by the speaker uh, in insurance. Uh, I'll get into those when they get get closer to be putting on notice. Uh, I think, folks, we're going to be out by mid-April. Um, I think uh, we're trying to wrap it up. Uh, we're starting to get last calls on all on all the subcommittees right now in about two or three weeks. So you'll start to see those start to close, and when those start to close, the fulls aren't very far behind. And then once all those close, then what will happen is we will shift to the full committees. But we are going to continue to have these hearings uh, in education. And then, like I said, you're going to start to see a shift away from English language arts. And you're going to see a shift towards mathematics because we've got to start to address our math shortcomings in Tennessee. Now, th- is that going to be addressed by the legislature this year? Or are you talking about something that the legislature is probably going to consider next year? Mathematics? Yeah. Next year. Uh, we've got to start to... Like, when we came up with the literacy bill, it was about going back to phonics and getting the training for the teachers. Well, we've got to figure out what we're going to shift to or what we're going to use that may be working right now and then run it as state policy and say, hey, we're all going to use this so that it doesn't matter what district you teach in as a teacher, you're teaching the same thing. 
And as a student, it doesn't matter what district you transfer to because you're learning the same thing. We have to have a little more consistency in what we're doing instead of it being a hodgepodge across the state of Tennessee. Scott, I know there are a lot of people from uh, Murray County who've been both interested in the uh, Ducks Scenic River mm-hmm. uh, bill mm-hmm. and the um, uh, Tax property Bear. taxpayers mm-hmm. relief bill. Uh, it seems like the Ducks Scenic River bill is, uh, at least so far, say, sailing along pretty smooth, smoothly. It's progressing. Yeah, it's, it's progressing. progressing. That's good it's word. progressing. It's progressive. <laughs> smoothly uh, is never a word we use up there because that's when you hit the rapids. Uh, there we go. But the. Uh, the taxpayer protection bill, property taxpayer protection bill, uh, is not doing so well. No, it's in the rapids right now. Yeah, as a practical matter, and and there has been strong interest from everywhere in this county that I'm aware of mm-hmm. in passing this bill and giving property taxpayers some relief uh, and paying for the schools and things that we we are going to have to build in the next so, five years. And, and this is what I'll try to explain to people is, you know, uh, Mr. Capley, myself, Senator Hensley, we support the bill, obviously. Right. Rutherford, Rutherford County pretty much supports the bill. Sumner County supports the bill. The, 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 the counties that are going through this, those representatives and senators support the bill. Right. The problem is, is what committee it has to go through to get to the House floor, and that's the problem. It's pl- it's property and planning. Um, most of the members there are from East Tennessee, and East Tennessee does not like this bill. Well, yeah. And so we are trying to work on those eight members to um, see what our issues are and experience our pain. And the problem is their people back home, and that's the big question mark is who their people are. They're the ones telling them not to vote for this bill. And well, so, as a as a practical matter, though, Scott, the people here in Murray County and, and these other counties who are interested in this property taxpayers protection bill, uh, right now it's still pending before the committee. In other words, it's not dead yet. No, we still have a chance. And what, as a practical matter, can we, as people who live here in Murray County and, and surroundings, what can we do to try to get this thing out of committee and get it going? Well, that's that's the hard part, uh, uh, Delk, is because this year the rules in the House have changed. And it states that any bill that is voted down on the House floor, voted down in committee, is done for the 113th General Assembly. Which is this year and next. And next year. And so we cannot allow that bill to be voted on in committee and fail, which means we can't bring this issue up next year either. Right. So we have to make sure that if we're going to run that bill, we know unequivocally we have the votes to pass it. Right. And by the way, a 4-4 tie is a failure also. And there's only eight members, and we know we've got three vehement no's. All three of those people are realtors. They are vehemently no's, which means we've only got five members left. And if one of them says no, we're at a 4-4 tie and we're stuck. We have to get all five members left to vote for this bill. The three that I said no, are they using the word tax or anything when they're... They are, because remember, in state law, we don't have something... There is nothing in state law called an impact fee. So that's what they're... they're it's they're a privilege saying, tax. They're, they're saying this is a tax, and privilege the tax. the tax. And so that's... But a lot of them who... Three of them that are against it are telling them back home that their realtors are putting a lot of pressure on them um, financially threatening financially to not support them in the future and so they're listening quote unquote to their people back home well one would argue especially if one of the representatives is from rutherford county rutherford county is is in the same shape we are so i don't know their 
people back home, quote unquote, of who they're supporting. The other two members are from East Tennessee, and they've already. I mean, I, you can go look it up. It's not. It's not. I'm not divulging anything that's a secret. But they receive most of their money for their campaigns, if not all their money, from the builders and realtors. Wow. And so we've got to get it through this one committee first in the House. Senator Hensley is still struggling in the Senate. He needs he needs five votes to pass it. He's only got three. And so we've got to figure out. So, but here's what it's going to lead to. And I tell you, I tell you, this is going to lead to. There is no law in state code that requires a county to grow. There is none. There is none. So I think what you're going to start to see, and there is constitutional law upheld by the by the U.S. Supreme Court that says that counties and municipalities do have the ability to issue moratoriums. Can't be permanent. But it can be moratoriums. I know I've heard some talk about some of these counties that are in great financial distress because of growth are going to pass resolutions putting a a moratorium on growth. And if you also partner that with William Lambert's bill about that counties have to have a say-so in whether or not annexation takes place, I mean, we're all all educated people here. We know what's going to happen is we're going to shut down building here in Middle Tennessee. There we go. So. Okay, folks, there's one more story I meant to catch you up on. That I got some developments over the weekend. Uh, we told you last week, and, and again, the details are still coming in on this, and we, we don't really know them all. But the Industrial Development Board of Murray County has been in negotiations with GM. They're in lieu of tax agreement, which has been in place for the last 40 years since GM first came here, is expiring. And they came here in 1983. Uh, what we heard was that the GM was asking or demanding and that the Industrial Development Board of Murray County, which handles these things, uh, had agreed to a 20-year extension uh, of a, a rate of $770,000 per year in lieu of taxes. Well, folks, this is chump change. It's, it's, re- it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's for, that's, this is like, yeah, me paying a, a, a dollar and a half taxes on this building we're in. And so, uh, but we have heard over the weekend, though, and I think, I don't know whether the initial information we got was wrong or whether there's just been further development since we got that information. But I've I hear now that uh, uh, a, a pretty a pretty good settlement has been negotiated with GM, where they will pay millions over the next few years. It'll rise over time, and then ultimately go up to full appraised value. Now, you know, we're talking about full appraised value of probably you know an eight billion dollar piece of property, something like that. So uh, we'll get more details. We'll get on more. That. We'll, we'll try to get yeah. the details. The details have been hard to come by. But uh, so that's a good news story. Yes, Quest of Barberry, how do we help out Youth Villages and get more information? Youthvillages.org slash foster care. Come check us out on our website. Give me a call anytime. I would love to talk. Scott, are you going to take a three week vacation come in April? Uh, no, 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 no. No, it's, it's going to be uh, uh, very difficult, but we'll keep fighting for the people of Tennessee, of Murray County. Well, you have been moving hard for months now, so, and, and always are, and, but I know, and we appreciate how stressful this uh, legislation.